Greetings, family. I'm CB, and welcome to my podcast. Yes, so today, today's theme, uh, today is Friday, uh, Saturday, Saturday, February 26, 26, 26, and, you know, I was thinking, like, you know, what am I going to do my podcast on? And then it just finally hit me, you know, I was like, man, let me do my podcast on my one of my ships. Yes. So, you know, if you don't know, I was in the United States Navy for 13 years. That's right. 13 years every day, all day, 365 days, 24 hours, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That Navy life, that ship life. So I was on four ships, four Navy ships, uh, the USS Blue Ridge, which is a amphibious command ship. That was a home ported in Yokosuka, Japan. I served on there for three years. I then went to the USS Independence, six deuce. So um, while in Japan during that time, I played American football for Yokosuka Seahawks. All fun times. I think I played for almost, that was like five years, five and a half years I played um, championship teams, running back of the year, office and player of the year. Then I went to Hawaii for shore duty for three years, got my d- degree, came back to Japan. I served like a year and a half on the USS Gary. Then I went to OCS, Officer Canada School. And yes, it's just like the movie, Officer and a Gentleman. Crazy shit, man. You know, my mind was like too fleet, fleet mind. Yeah, I washed out. <laughs> uh, then I went to the USS Camden. That was a uh, AOE. Uh, what's that? Uh, auxiliary Oiler Ammunition Ship. You know, so... Two two Iraq wars, uh, nineteen ninety one. I was in Iraq, well, Persian Gulf slash Bahrain. That was like from January to May. Then the second war, Iraq war. I was away from home port from July, right before my birthday, huh? July 2002 to, um, July 2002 to May 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the things, you know, I just wanted to pass on what people in this civilian life, regular life, you know, you, you take a lot of things for granted. For sailors, you know, I guess we're not doing any hand-to-hand combat, but we are absolutely, uh, I think maybe we suffer, number one, from PTSD as uh, being isolated. You know, you're talking about 20, 30 years ago, there were no SNS, you know, you only had hand, hand letters, no emails. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah.
Yeah, I remember one time we was traveling somewhere. Damn helicopter dropped. I uh, maybe I was on the I was on the definitely on the Blue Ridge. They dropped the mail in the ocean. We didn't get no mail. One call. Yeah, uh, yeah, mail call. You know, on a ship you have the ship's bosun, bosun mate. They would make us uh, call mail call. Everybody would just like run to the post office. And then you be that asshole who didn't get no mail. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, right? So I just want to, you know, discuss different things about the Navy life, that ship life. You know, you have, you wear, uh, you're underway, you can wear coveralls, like a jumpsuit. And, um, you know, usually the cafeteria but we call it mess decks. Mess decks are open like 24 hours or maybe like 18 hours. But pretty much you can always walk by and get something to eat, even if it's not healthy, uh, like a cheese sandwich or a hot dog or a slider. A slider is called a hamburger, right? And, oh, my goodness, the juice, man, like Kool-Aid, but it ain't Kool-Aid because the same Kool-Aid you you drink on on the best decks. You use that same powder. You can clean your fire station. I guess it it's so much acid in there that cleans the um, cleans the was it stainless steels or maybe it was copper. Maybe we use copper hole, uh, copper fasteners and things like that. Um, man, you pick up like daily bruises and cuts every day from walking over. Um, Knee knocker. So, you know, a ship. So you think about the, what was that ship? Yeah, Titanic, right? It sunk like within a couple of hours. Well, the Navy figured out a way to, you. they raised the, the floor. It's like a circle, right? An oval shape. And the shape is off the, the floor, maybe like one foot. And it supposedly slows down the ship from sinking, especially when you uh, dog down the door. So that means you're basically shutting the door, but it's not a door, right? It's a hatch. And we have ladders. Ladders are like 15 degree incline. Kill your knees, man. Woo woo. Um, if you, uh, I was on the aircraft carrier, so uh, my ship, I... My sleeping area, we were forward, so that was like a, at the front of the ship on the left side. And if you, if you don't know about an aircraft carrier, you have four uh, places they can launch. So you can launch, you know, the airplanes can take off, right? And you got Cat 1, Cat 2, so Cat 1 would be starboard side, so right, left. Uh, right would be one, left would be two, so cat one, cat two. Cat stands for catapult. Think about like a slingshot. Um, aircraft carrier had eight boilers, so like eight engines. Each, you have four engines for, um, how can I make this even more simple? So each catapult has an engine, right? So there's four catapults. 
on top of the flight deck, on the flight deck. So that's four engines. And the ship had four propellers. We call them screws. So that's four engines, right? So eight engines or boiler rooms. Uh, so to, to launch a jet, Tomcat, F-18, you're talking about, uh, I don't know, 150 meters where they have to go, what is it like? The slingshot, the catapult is maybe like 4.2 seconds. Shh, boom. That's what you hear. You know, you would never forget that sound. And that's the launch when they reel it back in. It's right because it slams back into place, man. Now, imagine trying to sleep with that shit. And you're working uh, night shift. It's just, you can't. You, people always say, you'll get used to it. There's no, I never got used to that shit. You would never get used to it, okay? <laughs> Not to mention, you know, I was a signalman, so I was on the uh, this on, on on top of the bridge, and you know, we're watching for different ships, uh, uh, ships, submarines, planes, and the jet blast, the smell, the heat from the the jet. It's so hot, man. It's like, it's like, uh, it's just crazy. Like fire on your face. So you got to duck, duck when, if, if there's a F-18, F-14 taking off on Cat 1, that's the right. That's where the, the, uh, superstructure is. That's like the, the bridge structure. You know, it's so hot, it's going to bake your face, so you can't, you know, you got to duck up under the bulkhead. The bulkhead is a wall. <laughs> so it's just crazy, man. There's so much stuff you got to get used to. Uh, at night, there's a red light, so, you know, you can't walk around with a flashlight. So it's it's mad crazy, right? But I wanted to just talk about some of the... Uh, now I want to talk about some of the... Um, Announcements you hear, you know, you hear one announcement, general quarters, general quarters. All hands man your battle stations. Now general quarters. You know, so <clears throat> so I, I don't remember the first war, the general quarters. But I definitely remember the second Iraq war. Uh, we're in, I was with the Abraham Lincoln battle group. And it's like three or maybe we went to general quarters at three o'clock or three thirty or something like that. Maybe four o'clock. And you hear general quarters, general quarters, all hand manual battle stations, you know, like, damn, we're going to war. It's this is the real shit. But we're in the Navy, no hand to hand combat. Right. But you see the Abraham Lincoln launching like jet, jet, jet. F-14s, F-18s, you see the cruisers launching uh, Tomahawk missiles. Looks like uh, Roman candles, but those missiles, right? So a lot of things you see in the Navy, man, you know. Um, 
So general quarters was one announcement, another announcement. Like every time you left port or it seemed like the commanding officer or the executive officer, second in charge, he just got bored. He want to give a man overboard drill, right? So ding, 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 man overboard, man overboard. All hands go to your mustering station, man overboard. And it just, and it's the bell ringing and all of this shit. You know, these are some of the things you never forget. Oh, not to mention like fire, 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 class alpha fire. So you have four different classes of fire, alpha, bravo, charlie, delta, I guess delta. You, uh, maybe on the aircraft carrier, right? That's when it's something like some type of magnesium fire is going to burn through the the steel. So they have to uh, throw it overboard before that happens. So that's kind of crazy. And in port, uh, you will hear uh, first call. First call to colors. First call. First call to colors is announcement when you're lowering the flag, right? So in the morning, uh, you will hear the bugle. If we're on base, we hear the bugle. Whatever the bugle was, right? And that's like five minutes before colors. And in Japan, so I was in Japan for most of my ships. We would play the. We would play our U.S. anthem. Then afterwards, the Japanese anthem to show respect, right? Um, what was another crazy announcement? So pretty much everyone would be like on the announcements, right? So in the underway, it's only the boats and mates, but in port, every person, I guess you would say from E4 to E5 would be like the announcer or the... We call it Petty Officer Watch and Officer of the Deck. So on a ship, you have to stay on duty to protect the ship, to fight for the ship. Like once every, oh man, that was like almost, yeah, oh my God, I remember the Blue Ridge was three three sections, right? So that's once every two days. Once every three days, you're, you're so let me see, Monday I have duty, I'm off. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I got duty. I'm off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I have duty. I'm telling you, that shit sucks. <laughs> that was terrible, man. You know, you have like a four-duty section, five-duty section. I went to the Independence. We had like a six-duty section. Man, that was that was the bomb. So usually, man, you know, if you're on a ship, you want to be like a five-duty section or six-duty section. So that was always more time for you, more time for yourself, right? That was awesome. And, um, oh, some of the things they don't talk about for the Navy. <laughs> uh, the privacy, man, there's no privacy. Everybody be trying to cock gaze and stuff, looking at your cock or whatever. <laughs> I remember the Blue Ridge, man. And that's when you know you got those undercover, undercover people, you know what I'm saying? Back then we said, don't ask, don't tell. But now I guess it's cool, whatever, right? The YMCA people. <laughs> okay, let me stop. People might be getting sensitive. 
Okay, but anyways, yeah, I remember, man, one one little story. I was like, it was like 2 o'clock. I'm like, man, let me take jump in the shower. And this guy, he was like brushing his teeth or whatever, right? I, th- I think at this time we had curtains, but we had see-through curtains or something. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, right? And, like, the the lifestyle was like a, it's three beds, like one, two, three, in a, uh, like a stack. Limited space, right? I guess if you're you're on the the middle is the perfect for getting in and getting out of your rack. A rack we call a bed is called a rack. The top rack maybe has the more space because you're near the ceiling. But like you know, if you're on an aircraft carrier, you don't want to be in the top rack because it's so noisy. But basically, you do not want to be under the flight deck because. If one of those um, flight deck crew, they have different equipment, they drop it, you can hear it. So, okay, anyway. So I'm getting out the shower, and this dude, you know, <laughs> I'm like, so, you know, I've been in there like 45 minutes or whatever, right, 30 minutes. I come out, and this dude is still there talking about want to make a conversation. I'm like, dude, get out of here. You know, it's like 2.30. You've been brushing your teeth for the like, last 20 minutes. Get get out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's just one of the situations, you know, or you have people when they're drinking, they always, hey, man, let's go drinking. You're like, dude, well, I want to go drinking with you like every night. What's going on, right? So crazy stuff, man. And uh, uh, yeah, so ship life, ship life was strenuous. Ship life was so crazy. I think everyone should get some type of seriously counseling on how to adjust when you're, uh, and it never happens, but we should have some type of life, life counseling for us after shipboard life. Because again, you would suffer from a lot of PTSD for us isolation, because you got to remember, you know, when you're on a ship, it ain't like you could just, oh... I'm hungry, I want to go to Family Mart, or I'm hungry, I want to go to 7-Eleven. You can't do that, right? You're in the middle of the ocean, man. Or you have this one, yep, I'm going to say it, dumbass captain who wants to make rank, so every chance he gets, he wants to go sailing. And I remember, whoa, what was this shit, man? I remember like on the, the independence, I'm like, yo, man, why do we go to the same ports? You know, we don't never get no any ports. And people used to tell tell me I was crazy, right? And then, like, 10 years later, almost 20 years later, right, they came out, what is it? Uh, this They had this one little cover-up name, but basically, basically, it was a big ring. The, um, you had, yeah, yeah, what a big ring mean was you had this one like the scheduling manager, you had like a, maybe it was a big Fat Tuesdays or something. They had, he has a nickname, but I didn't want to, I didn't have time to search it, but uh, you can search it. Basically, for as the Westpac, so the Western Pacific, there, there were like 10 or 20 officers involved, senior officers, a couple of admirals, a couple of captains was involved were... This one guy would pay them money to schedule at the same ports because you got to remember when a, when a ship pull in, you have to pay a lot of money to that port. 
So it was always the same ports, Philippines, uh, not Philippines, uh, Thailand, Pattaya, Pattaya, Phuket in Thailand, Singapore, uh, Hong Kong before they, they went communist to China. So it was like always the same ports, man. I'm like, why don't we get these same bleeping ports? You know, we don't never get to, to switch it up. And the reason why, because, you know, the guy, um, the guy was paying or was giving people money under the table. So they kept scheduling the same ports, man. So it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So stuff like that. Uh, where I used to call a good old boy network, where you have, you know, you have these, yeah, racist people or people who were, who did not grow up around black people so much and they really controlled your life. And yeah, man, I remember, yeah, every ship, (laughs) every ship, every command, you know, there was always some type of undercover racism or shit you know was not right that was going on, you know what I'm saying? And that's always how it is. You're like, dude, what are you doing? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I remember my first ship, like a new sailor, right? So a new sailor, we have our evaluations. A new sailor, it's it's probably like from, we say 4.0 scale, right? But if you get like 3.2, 3.0, it, it takes a longer time. Why, why does the evaluations make a difference? Because if you get a low evaluation, it takes you longer to make rank, right? It, it sets you back almost a year and a half or two years later to make rank, you know. And, and I saw that right away. So, you know, what happened? So I remember, so I was in operations department on board the USS Blue Ridge. And it was like 20 new guys or like 15, 10, 10 new guys or 12 new guys. And... The officer, he was a commander, that's an 05 for the Navy, right? He gave everybody like, like all the black sailors got 3.4 or 3.6. They told me I should be lucky because I got 3.6. That's that's what pissed me off. You should be lucky. Everybody else got 3.4, 3.2. I was like, damn, for real? But then I saw some of the white guys, all of them got 4.0. I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? And people didn't understand, oh, you know, you should just be quiet. Don't worry about it. And that's what it was always about, like, in the Navy, man. Be quiet. Don't worry about it. Wait your turn. So I'm like, what? Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. I'm telling you, it was crazy. So, you know, I, I went to the went to my chief. It's a ranking order, right? So I went to the chief. Then went to the, my division officer. Then the department head, he was the one who wrote the letter. He he basically tried to blow me off. And I was like, I want to go to Equal Opportunity. You know, Equal Opportunity was a joke. So I was like, well, I want to go to Equal Opportunity on base. That's when they start changing things, right? So I went from a 3.6 to a 3.8. And then, and, and listen, it wasn't only me, right? This was in 1991. 1991, 1992. Maybe, yeah, Come to find out, it was a fucking big problem everywhere, right? Because, like, two years later, the Navy changed the system from a 4.0 to a 5.0, and it was still a big problem. So you're talking about, like, 94, 95. 
they came up with another system saying, hey, you can't, we're, we're not going to, um, we're not ranking sailors as, as uh, the division, as a competition. Each person has the opportunity. Oh, no, no. I think when I was in, they were still doing like a um, so 5.0 system. So in depending on the size of your department, only you could only have so many top top 5.0, 4. Point, like each category. It was still a structured process like that, if I'm not mistaken. So it was still, uh, but like if you're transferring, it doesn't count. So you can still give a guy a 5.0 if he's transferring, and it doesn't count for your overall percentage for the uh, quarter or the six months, you know. So, yeah, the the evaluation system was unfriendly to many. I'm going to just say it like that. So, you know, you're supposed to be doing your job because, it, it, you know, in the Navy, it depends on your rank. You get, you know, how much money you get paid, right? We take Navy tests and things like that. So, you know, so many people be like, oh, man, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Shit, deuces. You know, yeah, maybe I still have thoughts about coming back in, going back in, but I, I would never, you know, be gullible of the fact that that shit didn't happen, you know, set it off. It was always set it off like that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, if you're on a ship, people don't understand, right? You don't have no eight-hour shift, you know what I'm saying? You, you're you on call all 24 hours. So, again, that goes into the effect of the, um, I guess that would be the, the PTSD for as being uh, the isolation, right? Isolation. You're on a ship, you can't get no booty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you in the ocean, man. It ain't no girls. You know what I'm saying? When I was in the Navy, there were no girls on ships. You know what I'm saying? Well, my last ship had some girls. Oh, my goodness. I ain't even going to go there. You know, you go underway, everybody's a couple. You be like, man, ain't you married? Ain't you married? Ain't you married? Yeah, everybody couples. It's, they have a, a family life and a ship life, right? It's crazy. Um. Some good things, I guess, some good things about the Navy is the traveling part. You know, you I've been to many different countries. I have uh, have the opportunity to see multiple different cultures and, and, you know, seeing people live with, you know, like people in the States, minimum wage. Minimum wage is super low, $4 an hour, $5 an hour is a joke. Especially in today's economy, because today's economy, you cannot have, uh, you can't live comfortable if you're not making at least twelve or fifteen dollars an hour. So you know the government is that's that's another thing. The government has to step up and make it a federal mandate of minimum wage for twelve dollars an hour or fifteen dollars an hour, right? Letting the state set it is still kind of like. You know, well, that's why a lot of many people are below poverty, right? The poverty level is increasing or people are homeless. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's one of the reasons that and many people don't have financial classes on how to uh, keep good bookkeeping and things like that. Right. But in the Navy is almost the same, you know, so 
you you go to oh I mean for the pay structure from E1 to E4 is pretty much maybe they raised it but it was still pretty much like borderline um poverty but you know you have free house so you can sleep on a ship or you're on shore duty you have a barracks the food is pretty much cheap on the military base so and you can always go to the mess hall or you know your cafeteria on the ship so you know you can pretty much survive for a couple of years but uh you know you go I went to India to Sri Lanka where the minimum wage was like oh the yearly wage was like $30 or like the the annual wage uh annual pay was like uh $50 for a year you're like damn man I just blew a $50 drinking last night right so things like that make you become very humble very quick on how, even though you think things are below your norm, it can it can always be below worse, right? It can always get worser, and you know you like for Africans living in America, we always face the concept of and not face. There is racism and and favoritism and targeting but then you know you go to different countries where you have a coup or you just have a, a dictator who's like doing everything to the people man so you, you got to be like wow it's bad but it ain't that bad you know what i'm saying so the navy have the navy really opened the door and i had the opportunity to i guess you can say grow up grow up and actually become a man on my own. Whether it's good or bad, you know, I have to put my boondockers on every day. You know, that's that's how I have to walk, you know, go through life, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Okay, last thing I want to talk about. So I kind of talked about taking a shower in the Navy. But one thing I did I left out was like the the pressure like a lot of times you take a shower the water pressure is whack so it's either uh a high a lot of water, you know high pressure water or like coming out like spurts <laughs> or you in the middle of the shower at first it was high pressure then it turns to you know as soon as you soap up lava up there's like no water or it's Super cold, then it's like super scorching hot. It's burning your skin. Or you, you take a shower, you're like, man, it smells. Oh, man, this is damn jet fuel. Or, you know, some asshole put open up some tank or what. You know, they always say, oh, you know, it just miraculously appeared. You know, fuel just, just don't come into the line, right? So somebody dumped or changed the wrong pipes or did whatever. And, and. You got jet fuel coming out the water, so some most of the times they catch it. Sometimes they don't, right? So some people will take a flaming, a super flaming uh, shower, right? Some of the things you got to remember about them: the Navy, I guess, ship life. Um, on a ship, you're the firefighter. You know, you have to go to class, uh, fight the ship for is a fire. You have to. 
become like a medic. So you're like EMT. You have to be training on your on your um, life saving procedures, CPR, uh, the Hamlet maneuver. Um, you know things like that. You have to be up on it, right? Oh yeah, you have the yeah you have the opportunity to go to. You have the opportunity to go to um, church on Sundays. <laughs> but man, I remember, I remember my first ship. No, this was the second ship. The second ship was the, the my independence. Right, we in the Philippines, man. Philippines is crazy. I remember seeing the chaplain. No, he was a chaplain. Now he's a Catholic priest. He's walking around town with two girls around his arm, right? Man, that's just the Philippines. Philippines, woo-woo. Maybe I'll do another uh, another podcast talking about the ports, like the the places I, I went. That'll be like, <laughs> but you got to watch it. You know, you got to stay tuned. It's going to be one of those crazy days like today, man. It's just like, hey, drop some noise about the Navy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that was crazy. Crazy life, fun times, high times, low times, good times, the Navy life, right? So I just want to give another shout out, U.S. Navy, go, go, go. Two-time war veteran, I don't know, man. I think I got like, now I think I got like 12 medals, 12. So we have a ribbon board we wear on our left breast, right? Uh, was uh, ESW, ASW, that's like a surface warfare, air warfare. Basically, I, it's like a, the way to fight the ship or just knowledge about the ship. Uh, for as, oh, what ships? I got my surface warfare SW qualified on the USS Independence. I was requalified on the USS Gary and requalified on the USS Camden. So those are three different classes of ship. So each each ship you go to because the specifications and the dynamics of the ship is different, right? So you need to know uh, different things. So I got both of those, all three of those on basically um, being requalified on each ship. Um, my AW, so... Air warfare is mainly on carriers only. I think they changed the rules because it seemed like everybody in their mama now is like dual qualified, SWAW. So I think on frigates or small ships, when the air wing is there, you can get a qualified. But it's it's only on one plane, right? The helicopter. But uh, depending on the program coordinator, they get more in depth. So you can uh, handle your business like that, get dual qualified. Yeah, yeah. And then at night, every night at 10 o'clock, you hear taps, taps, lights out, all hands heave into your own bunks. Now taps. (laughs) So basically saying good night, good night. Please, you know, don't get in Jimmy's bunk. Get in your own bunk. A bunk is like a bed. But it's more like a rack, right? Because it's it's a steel little, I guess, oh, we call them coffins. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. A coffin is just like a coffin when you die, right? So when it opens up, 
it opens up, you put your clothes in the in that part, right? That's how we store our clothes. So you there's four big compartments, two, two in the middle. You have a pull-out little drawer. You can put your personal things. And in the back, you can put some more items. Um, so it folds down. You have like a six-inch or eight-inch mattress on top of the steel frame, right? So usually... Um, there, there's always like a shitload of, 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 uh, mattresses. So you can, you can stack too deep or, um, uh, many people, uh, like on base at the exchange, that's like the, uh, the store, Navy store, you can buy like a little foam, a foamy. So it gives you like an extra cushion when you're sleeping, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Many people, when they retire from or separate from the Navy, have back issues and back problems. Um, I think always big is the back back injuries, knees for going up and down the ladders. Remember, the ladders are like at a 15 or 12 degree incline. So, you know, doing that for four or five ships, it you know, just wear and tear on your body, man. That's what it basically boils down to, right? Wear and tear on your body. A couple of years ago, um, here in Japan, there was a couple of ships that, yeah, they ran into a couple of fishing boats. I think it was like two two ships back to back, you know. And this was supposed to have been the smart ship Navy, right? So they cut down on lookouts. So they only use the radar to look for different items. But I don't know. I, I think somebody was sleeping. <laughs> somebody had been sleeping or they were kissing or doing something. Because, man, well, basically, radar can't see everything. You need physical eyes. When you're close to land, you always need uh, physical eyes to look for different ships. Because your eye can see, like, within uh, 10 Ten mile radius, your eyes is better than a radar. So, yeah, that's just my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah, that's my two cents on that. What else? What else about the navy? Um, I kind of talk about the clothes, uh, some of the different ships. Oh, okay, like um, supplies. You have a. What do they call it? Working <laughs> working party. Working party? Yeah, I think, yeah, working parties where basically supply department don't have enough people. So, like, all hands, when we're departing, we have to bring on our foods. So, dry food, frozen food, and um, stores, things like that. They have to bring all that on. You fuel up. Uh, you get the missiles or the bombs before you leave. So that's when you know, you know, you're like, oh man, this is kind of uh, we we're we're going into the we're going into the shits nits. Yeah, that's how it was for me, man. You know, in two thousand two thousand two. So again, you know, I left Bremerton. I was in uh, Washington, so near Seattle. The town is called Bremerton, and we we left Bremerton maybe like July two thousand two. So, yeah, we sail across. So July, we went from, so from Seattle, the northwest, northern hemisphere, northwest, northern, uh, north, 
Western Hemisphere. We went south near Hawaii. We we got refueled in Hawaii. Now keep in mind that while we're traveling, we're with a battle group. So the aircraft carrier, uh, two cruisers, a frigate, three ships. So the aircraft carrier plus three ships, I think. So cruiser, destroyer, or two destroyers. Maybe it sh- it should have been two cruisers, two destroyers, and a frigate. And always a uh, submarine is under, underneath uh, aircraft carriers. So they say that's the myth, right? Or nearby, there's always, usually nearby or within, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 miles out. So submarine is always nearby protecting the, so they say, right? That's the, the, the shipboard rumor, right? So then, you know, you... Um, we we left Bremerton, so we're refueling all the ships. We got some gas near San Diego, but I don't think we went down because San Diego is the coast. So we went like at an angle towards uh, Hawaii, but we didn't go into Hawaii. Uh, yeah, the the Camden man was like is like a big bomb, man. Okay, what do I mean? Uh, if if we go into port and something happens and it, it, it if if the Camden would have ever had a problem exploded, you're talking about a five mile radius crater. So you're talking about the gunpowder, the missiles, and plus the fuel they carried. It's you know it's almost like a floating bomb. So again, creates heavy stress, right? So um, we went near Hawaii, got fueled from another ship to give to the other ships. <laughs> so we went by to get it. We went by the, the ship gas station. Now we're a floating gas station. Check this out. We're a floating gas station. We went by near a gas station to get more gas. Then we kept across the Pacific Ocean. Um, that's when, yeah, we went to... Sydney, Sydney then, I think. Oh no, that was like straight steaming. So before we went there, I want to say Australia, but I can't remember. No, we went across, we were supposed to went to Japan. We didn't go to Japan, we went to Guam. Got some more bombs and stuff from Guam. Then we went to ah so 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 uh, near Guam. Then we went to Thailand. Yeah, we went to Thailand. Then we kept on steaming. Yes, that's right. Okay, so from from near Hawaii. Okay, from Seattle near Hawaii to. At first, we was going to pull into Yokosuka, but we went nearby Guam. We didn't pull into Guam. We got some um, fuel and more supplies from Guam. Then we went to Thailand. We pulled into Thailand. And from Thailand, we was going to go to Singapore. But the aircraft carrier was out. So it, it rotates the days. So we would have been pulling in right after the aircraft carrier. Or during the aircraft carrier, but when they they got there first, 
And that's when they had a SARS-2 virus. Big thing go on, man. So, you know, I guess everybody on board was throwing up and shitting their pants, right? Basically, diarrhea. So they had to throw all away. They threw away all their food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln had to throw away all of their food. Yeah, they threw it right overboard, pushed it overboard. And like a day later, we had to give them almost all of our food, man. Yeah, that was crazy because we ate. I remember eating chicken for like, shit, three weeks or something. It was something crazy, man. So we went from, again, Seattle to near Hawaii, near Guam to Thailand. Then from Thailand, it was the SARS breakout or what is it, the pigeon breakout or whatever. Yeah, I think it's SARS. You know, I don't remember the name, but it was some type of viral breakout, kind of like now, coronavirus, right? So everybody was sick. Then from there, we went to um, Persian Gulf. We stayed there for like six weeks. Then we were coming back. And then that's when people kept talking about, oh, this time we're going to war. The army is building up, blah, 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 blah. And... So this has to be around November time frame. So did we go to Singapore? I don't think we went to Singapore. So I remember uh, steaming. We was going to go somewhere, but everybody was on alert. Or maybe we went to Bali. Maybe that's when we went to Bali. huh? So we left Persian Gulf. We went to Bali. Bali and somewhere else. Maybe Singapore and Bali. I can't remember. But Bali, no, Bali, then Australia. We stopped in Australia in uh, Melbourne. This is around Christmas time. We left, was coming back across the International Dateline, but they made us turn back around. We went back to Sydney. We stayed there. Uh, uh, Melbourne, we stayed. Melbourne? No. December, around Boxer Day, was in uh, Melbourne. Then we went, we was going to cross, but we came back. That's when, I guess, the intel was highly effective that we was going to go to war with Iraq, uh, Iraq again. We went to Tasmania. We stayed in Tasmania for like two and a half weeks, getting different supplies or whatever, basically just on, on hold, right? Because if we cross the international date line, we're too far over. And then uh, it was just strategical planning, right? So we got back under the way, went back, steam, I don't know, like two weeks, 17 days or something. We're back in the uh, call for, not call, but we're back on deck for the second Iraq war. And then that's when the party started, right? Yeah. So how was it? You know, people don't like I've been trying to get my like many people say, oh, VA is just easy. Man, I've been trying to get my VA disability for like years. Oh, that's another super podcast. So, you know, war, war affects people different ways. And, you know, I've seen many of my friends, they committed suicide. 
yeah, many men and are are just because of the stress and on the go, and now you're just home chilling, you know? Some people have had heart attacks or drinking too much or the body just just shut down, man. I don't know. It's just some crazy shit. But usually the life expectancy from the Navy is like five to seven years after retirement. So that's the number one of all. I think Navy is like number one out of all military services. So that's something to think about. Okay, so it it's supposed to be better now, but you're a sailor. Your duty is on a ship, and that that's the most important component of that. So you you do the math, and you do you come to your own conclusion on that. You know what I'm saying? The things I've seen. Wow, I remember when I was first in the Navy. Um, Saw so, a uh, civilian, Korean civilian get killed by the crane. Uh, the ship, like a ladder, fell on top. We call it a brow. Fell on top. He died instantly. I've seen, uh, well, I didn't see the helicopter crash on the Independence, but helicopter crash. I remember hearing stories about a, a guy on a Blue Ridge. He got his legs cut off from the rope. So the Navy is super dangerous, man. It's a ship. You know, mooring lines, if it, if it gets too tight, it snaps. It can cut you in half. People being trapped in the boiling room, if a fire catches out, you know, third-degree burn or, or dying like that. So you hear that. Or just from the stress, people have a heart attack and die on the ship. So... You know, people be like, "Oh, the Navy is so super cool." No, man, it's 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 it's, it's danger at every turn. You know, many people we just we didn't see that or we didn't affect to it so much, right? So, and war, war is war. It takes you years and years to adjust from that, right? So, you know, things are happening in the world now. Whether good, bad, ugly, or sad, you know, is happening. So that's that. Yeah. So no, I don't. <laughs> don't ask me. I do not have any politics in this game. I have no. Uh, yeah, I, I talk a lot of. I talk a lot of noise, or uh, many of my podcasts is about. Uh, Believing in yourself, so self-motivation, inspiration. You know, I'm not going to give my views or my opinions about uh, world events. So uh, stop asking me. <laughs> I don't I don't do that. This is not a I'm not in this for political reasoning or to shine light on these things. You know what it is. I don't need to discuss that. That's not my podcast. You know, I talk about the esoteric science, alchemy, occultism, religion, but not religion. Right. I'm a Buddhist. 
Uh, I believe in peace, but don't get peace confused with walking over me. <laughs> okay, that's a totally different story. Um, I believe that what you think you have the power within your own manifestation to change any situation in your life. I think that's most important. And that's what my podcasts are about. I don't need to talk about the different governments and things like that, because then if I talk about it, then I'm crazy. You know, even talking about esoteric science and the alchemy and cultism, many people probably already said I'm crazy. (laughs) But that's me. This is my podcast. Right. So I think there are. A problem with religions, because 100 years ago, 200 years ago, it wasn't a religion. It was a way of life. But now, because of this money scheme, you know, everyone wants to have you you have to belong to a certain religion. And I think most important is, you know, have you need to know that the religion is in you. You are the religion. You are God. That's most important. Believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. Everything will come true. So that's my point of view. (laughs) Okay, man, I'm out. This is like my first. Yeah, this is like my first 50 minute, um, 50 minute podcast, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So March, man, what's popping off in March? March, I I will be getting a um, I'm, I'm getting my setup for us to go visual and to start launching my. Uh, podcasts, I, th- I think around the second week, second week in March, I should be ready for us to to launch my podcast. Yeah, either second week in March, if not April, I will be ready for it to go online with my um, one hour to 30 minute hour. I show for his podcast with uh, my video. So. Yeah, that'll be that'll be dope. So people, 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 family, this today's podcast, man, was about Navy life, my life, my experience in the Navy, 13 years of active duty. Hoorah. (laughs) And listen, let me tell you something. The Marines is a part of the Navy. But I'm going to tell you right now, fuck the Marines. I'm going to tell you that right now. Y'all are fucking crazy. You are crazy. So, hoorah, you're you're my brother. Y'all ain't my brother. Y'all like the worst fucking stepchild in the world. Yeah, I'm throwing super salt. Fuck the Marines, okay? And the Army is not too far. (laughs) Hey, yeah, I'm throwing out fucks. (laughs) You got to excuse me. The Navy, that's just totally different when it comes to the Navy, right? We we are very... Enlightened in the cuss words. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the Marines is not the Navy. Oh, we, we listen. And it, it's so funny because there's no Department of the Marines. It's only Department of the Navy. So you do the math, okay? You do the math on that. It's all a game. And, you know, we, we're only pawns in this whole chessboard game. You're not calling any shots or don't make any two cents. You know what I'm saying? It has no two cents. I'm going to say it like that. And that's it. Bam. So today, yeah, man, February 26th, I had to go deep. Um, 
26. I was thinking about my second ship again. Six deuce. 26. Six deuce. Just reverse it. You, you dig it, right? And uh, man, Navy changed my life. It took me out of Leeds, Alabama. And, you know, oh, the country. Oh, I didn't tell you. Okay, the countries I've been with the Navy. I've been to um, Sydney like three or four times. Sydney, Melbourne, Tasmania, Perth, Townsville. So that's near. Townsville was near, uh, not Melbourne. What was it? It's the Gold Coast, North Gold Coast. So Australia, New Caledonia, French Territory, Philippines, Thailand, Korea, uh, Korea, Pohang, Pusan, Chinhei. Um, been to Guam a million times. Guam, Saipan, uh, three or four ports around Japan. Oita, Hokkaido, by ship, right? Um, Kude, so that's near Hiroshima. I've been to where else, where else, where else, where else? Yeah, I said Philippines, Thailand, uh, uh, Indonesia, Penang, uh, Bali, India, India, Madras, India, Sri Lanka, Colombo, Dale Garcia, uh, Hawaii. I was stationed in Hawaii for three years, so I lived in Hawaii three years. Oh, Alaska. <laughs> That was some shit. Alaska, San Diego on the West Coast. Uh, Dubai. Not Dubai. Uh, o- Oman? No, no. By ship was uh, Bahrain. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi is like 45 minutes away from Dubai. Abu Dhabi like a million times. Not a million. Maybe like. Yeah, because when I was doing the war, we had to get gas, right? So, like, every two days we had to go get gas because we was fueling the whole battle group. So, Abu Dhabi, we go pier side, but then we leave. We, we couldn't leave the ship. That's the worst feeling. So, and yeah, I probably went to Abu Dhabi for, like, 20 times or 10, 10 yeah, between 15 or 20 times, man. Every two days or something like that. It was crazy. Um, where else? Buy ship. Yeah, that's about it, man. So it was fun. Would I do it again? You'd do it again because you don't, you know, you think you can always do it better. You know what I'm saying? But if I did it again, it would definitely be as an officer. You know, going in as an enlisted, it's just too much bull. Well, it's not even about the bull crap, you know, it's just about. The work habits, and if you think you're a manager, or you wanted to be a manager, that's the place you want to be. So get your forty, you know, get your finish your degree, go to university, uh, engineering or management, something like that. Engineering business, um, go through OCS, get commission, and go fight for your country, man. Yeah, that's it. So, be a patriot or be be in it for the money. Just remember, the Navy is still a military branch. So, 
war and death is always around the corner. Just don't think, oh, I'm just going to go in here for three years. and It's going to be easy peasies. It ain't easy and it ain't peasies. So that's what I'm trying to tell you, right? Oh, shit. I ain't even getting to the, the maintenance, cleaning the ship, painting the ship, sweeping. Um, you know, you're, 